passive income can be something that is very lucrative and it requires very little effort once you've set it up. But sort of getting to that point will require work. And I think a lot of people get that wrong. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thought Card. I have on the show today, Dennis O'Brien from Chain of Wealth. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thanks, Daniel. Very excited to be here today. So, so, so happy to reconnect with you. I remember a couple years ago, I was actually on your show. So I'm so happy that you're actually going to be here helping us learn more about side hustles and passive income. Super excited to be here. And yeah, it it was a while ago, wasn't it? (laughs) It was, it was, it was. So tell us a little bit about Chain of Wealth for people who don't know about your brand and your podcast. Sure. So Chain of Wealth is a community for people to find out more about money. Um, We target specifically millennials. So we cover a lot of millennial money topics like student loans, how to buy your first house. Um, We cover negative equity. Like uh, There's a lot of focus on debt and payoff and really achieving financial success. Chain of Wealth was originally started as a result of a conversation that Katie and I had about money. Um, And Katie's um, the other half of Chain of Wealth and also my girlfriend. Um, so she had a ton of debt and we sort of started Chain of Wealth as a means to document her payoff journey. And when we started Chain of Wealth, she had about $200,000 of debt. Um, the bulk of that was um, a mortgage. She had a car that she had negative equity on. That was about a $50,000 car, um, which was only worth, well, the car was worth 30000 but the loan was worth 50000 So that was another whole story. Um, and about another 50000 of student loans. And sort of in the last just over a year, she's managed to get that down to about, I want to say about 19,000 from 200,000. So it's been a very busy year in terms of debt payoff. <laughs> that is amazing. Super, super amazing. And I know that Katie's going to just crush her goals very, very soon. Yeah, definitely. So today, I really wanted to focus on multiple streams of income, passive income, and side hustles. I know it's a very big topic, especially for millennials these days. And I just kind of wanted to pick your brain more on the topic. So why do you think that people should consider multiple streams of income? Sure. So most millionaires these days actually have more than seven streams of passive income or just general income streams as such. So I think it's crucial to sort of start setting up these passive income streams as early as you can. So the beauty of passive income is that it's money that you're earning that you're not actively involved in on a day-to-day basis. The benefit of that is that it's usually taxed in a more tax-efficient manner because you're not actively involved. So it's definitely a great way to sort of set things up as early as you can and let that sort of compounding effect start happening. I also think that pursuing multiple streams of income could be a good safety net. Let's say you lose your job or something unfortunate happens. You have this other stream of income that's allowing you to live your day-to-day life or pursue your own financial goals, right? It's actually funny you say that. I just recently read uh, like a quote. It was... It was saying how a lot of people say that entrepreneurship can be the most risky thing that you do. And it was an entrepreneur answering it. And he was like, well, 
if you lose your job, you don't have any income coming in. If I lose a client, I've got a whole bunch of other clients I can rely on. So who's actually in a more risky position? And it's interesting to think of that, you know, when you set up these different income streams, you become less reliant on one source, which I think is really important because you never know what could happen. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So now let's talk about the difference between a side hustle versus passive income. Is there a difference? And if there is, what is it? You know, it's actually funny you say that a lot of people get this wrong and they get confused. So passive income is something that you're not actively involved in versus a side hustle, which is something you're typically doing after your day job. So maybe you're working your standard nine to five and maybe you want to go and work for Uber and you drive around a little bit after hours to sort of try and make some extra money. That will be a side hustle and not passive income. So pretty much passive income, very little effort to maintain versus side hustle. You're trading dollars or hours for dollars. Would you say that's a good way to yeah, describe it? That's a very fair way to describe it. And, you know, like you can look at that with passive income as well. Look, the thing is, like, there is no such thing as free and easy money. You know, any type of money that you're going to be earning, you're going to have to put some work in to sort of get it up and running. Like, as an example, if you wanted to earn interest income, you can't earn interest income if you don't have any money saved up. And the only way you're going to get money saved up is if you put in some manual man hours and get it done. So say you manage to save up a whole bunch of money, you then put that into a bank account, you then start earning this interest income, but there was work that it took to get to the point that you could start earning this monthly amount that's coming in. So passive income can be something that is very lucrative and it requires very little effort once you've set it up. But sort of getting to that point will require work. And I think a lot of people get that wrong. They think that, oh, you're just magically going to have the, this money coming in, in every month. And unfortunately, that's not the way the world works. <laughs> Can you give us some of your favorite strategies for earning passive income, some examples? I think the beauty in this is that if you use a little bit of creativity, you can turn whatever you want into passive income and even side hustles. So as an example, if you become, if you try out Uber driving and you really, really enjoy it, but you don't want to be driving around, well, how about if you just bought the car and hired someone to drive it for you? Suddenly you're earning passive income because you'll get a, a share of their profits. So I would say that one of the best ways to sort of get up and running with this kind of thing is to jump on Google and Google something you're interested in. And I use interested in very lightly because it's something that you really want to be passionate about and have this hunger and this curiosity to want to dive into it and want to do more. And once you sort of have found something that you like, and maybe you enjoy scuba diving, you know, how about you figure out, okay, how can I make money from my hobby? And maybe you become a scuba instructor. Maybe you want to own the boats. You know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to make money along the road. So it really is a very open area. And there are so many ways to make money these days, especially with the internet. So uh, yeah, there's a ton of ways that you can really get ahead. Right. Those are actually very, very good examples. And I love that you talked about like pursuing your passion. Like, what are you passionate about first? And how can you maybe create a revenue stream that's more passive? Exactly. And, and the benefit of that as well is that it's going to be something that you want to get more involved on. And, you know, maybe it is blogging. Maybe you're interested in writing on the internet and making some money. Yes, yes, yes. So what are your thoughts? I have a couple of examples that we could walk through. Of what are your thoughts on in terms of passive income? So we talked a little bit about blogging. How is blogging a way for you to earn passive income? Right. So 
just like I spoke about with interest, how it takes a lot of upfront work to make that money that's going to make more money, blogging is something you can do to sort of build your brand. So if you really enjoy blogging, you can write articles and you know, you can um, blog about it, you can share it on social media, you can get higher on Google. And once you start getting higher and higher up, there's very little work that goes into maintaining that. So as an example, say I get first on Google for an article about negative equity, you know, and it's all about car loans and how to save money and stuff like that. I can refer people to other sources. As an example, Credible. Credible is a great source for people that are looking to refinance and maybe help get themselves out of a bad situation with negative equity. And if people find my article that I wrote, even though I wrote it a year ago, if they click on my link, I get paid for a referral. Um, So that is a passive income stream that I could now have in place. And it's going to take a lot of work to get to that point where you've got this income coming in, but it 100% is possible. And a lot of people are doing it and they're making a ton of money these days. Agreed. And what Dennis just talked, referred to is something called affiliate marketing. So it's when you like a product and you think that it's great and you're recommending it to your audience and they're clicking a link and you're getting a cut from that sale. So that's affiliate marketing, which is another way to do passive income. There are a ton of ways. And it's amazing. Like you can even have ads on your site as well. And those ads, every time people see it, even though they don't necessarily click on it, you can still get paid from people seeing that ad. So they literally are a ton of different ways to skin a cat. (laughs) But like we said, blogging is for the long haul. It's not something that you can say, oh, I'm going to come in. I'm going to make great money. It's it's definitely a labor of love. Uh, Yes. Yes, yes, (laughs) definitely for sure. Now, how about products and courses? Right. So that's also a very nice way to make money. So if you put a lot of time and effort into building a course that's maybe an evergreen course, that course will be on sale from the time you make it into infinity. So the work that you put in initially to get it up front is going to be a lot of work and you're going to want to make it good and you want to maybe do videos, however you want to structure it. Once you've built that course, it's literally just getting the people through to see it. And what, if you build up a really good word of, mouth, word of mouth strategy, you can make a ton of money from it. And um, one can't help but mention Michelle Schroeder Gardner. She made a course on affiliate marketing and I, I think she's made over $400,000 off her course. Right, right. I mean, it works. You're teaching someone a valuable skill. And it it is a lot of work because I'm actually creating a course right now. And Dennis, I know that you guys have a course as well. And it's a lot of work up front. Right. So there's a lot of research that goes into it. You want to sort of find something that you're good at and something that you have a skill. I'll tell you, a lot of the time where people get this wrong is they think they have to be the best at something to make a course. And you don't have to be the best at something, but you have to be one step ahead of your followers. And very often you don't realize how much you actually know already. So if you go ahead and you build a course and it's a topic where you have a pretty good to good knowledge, people can probably get some value from that. And people will buy courses if they think it's going to help them and if it's going to, if they think that's going to help them save time. Most important thing is just saving time. Like, you know, I could go and try and learn about search engine optimization, which is a strategy for a website. However, it's going to take me very long to acquire that knowledge versus if I went and found a course that's really good and really detailed and everything's in one place, it makes a lot of sense to sort of buy the course and save a bit of time. So the actual course production process, it's coming up with the idea, creating all the contents, and there you want to be very thorough. You want to really brainstorm and like structured nicely in a way that's going to make sense as if someone's seeing it for the first time. 
um, and then sort of make it engaging, like maybe give um, principles that people can fill stuff in and, you know, really try and get some value from the course. And then, of course, there is the, the marketing aspect to it as well. So once you're ready to go live, you know, you want to get in front of as many people as possible. You may want to get other people selling your course for you. There's lots of different strategies you can use to sort of try and set that up. But it's like we said, it can be a really great source of passive income, but it does require a ton of upfront time and effort. Right, 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 right. And can you tell us a little bit about the course that you have? So we used to really enjoy Airbnb hosting. So letting people come and stay with us, we had a spare bedroom and, you know, people would come and stay with us and they'd pay us um, money for that just through Airbnb. And we made a lot of money from it. In some months, we made enough money to cover our rents, um, which was an absolute win because, you know, like, <laughs> it's basically money that that room is just sitting there anyway. So once we did that a couple times, we figured out how to create a really, really good and enticing profile to make people want to host their place and want to stay with you. So what we did is we built a course around it, and that course is called Hosting Your Pad. So... um the course goes through exactly how to build a profile that stands out, how to get your first guests, create a really, really good experience and, you know, get you a lot of good ratings and people coming back. And, you know, through this course that we've created, we've made a lot of money and also through um, referrals through Airbnb as well. So Airbnb will pay us every time we get someone to sign up and actually host their property. So it just goes to show the sort of um, money you can make if you just think a little bit creatively and try and teach people what you've learned. I love that because one, you decided to have, you had an open space in your house. You're like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into an Airbnb rental. So you were making money off of that. And then you became really good at hosting that you create a course and now you're teaching other people. And now you're also making money off of that as well. So it's like, it's like, it's such an interesting journey, how you can make a profit from different stages of where you're at in your life. Yeah. And, you know, even like in terms of maybe your commute, you know, driving to work, you can monetize that, you know, turn on your Uber at set that you want to go to this location and just leave half an hour early, you can suddenly get your whole commute paid for for free. And, you know, like it, it may not seem like much. You may be like, all right, well, maybe it costs me $7 a day to get to work. You know, maybe if you live far away over a long period of time, every single day, that's going to add up and you're going to have hundreds of extra dollars, if not thousands of extra dollars at the end of the year. So it's actually funny how such small incremental changes, if you just think a little bit around how you can monetize it, very often there is a way to make money from it. Right, right, right. And one more example that I have is writing a book. I think that is can also considered as a passive source of income. It takes a lot of time to write the book up front, but then it's just continuous sales. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And yeah, there is a lot of work. I've actually spoken to quite a lot of authors on my podcast about writing a book and none of them have regretted it, you know, which definitely says something. It, and in fact, it, if anything, it builds your credibility in the space as well. Because the moment you've written a book about it, suddenly you become an expert. I don't know what it is that there's this preconceived notion that if you just write a book, you're an expert at something, but that exists. And if you're trying to establish credibility, it's a great way to do it. And hey, yeah, once you've written that book, the those sales that start coming in, you literally start making money for nothing. So it definitely is a win-win. Now, how do you determine if passive income stream pays well or not, if it's worth your time or not? It's going to be a lot of research. You're going to have to dive into it and figure out, is there some way that I can make money from this and how much money can I make? 
ultimately, you've only got a limited amount of hours that you can actually monetize. So you don't want to waste your time on something that's not going to pay a, a good return. So you want to really research it and see, like one of the best indicators is look to see what other people are doing. Are other people making money and are they doing this on a continuous basis? Because the chances are, if they are, there's probably some money to be made. So just thinking a little bit creatively and sort of chatting to people and getting involved in the space is, is a very good step to sort of start seeing whether it's going to be lucrative or not. And I think also getting involved and knowing when to quit is important as well. So if you start something and you find either that number one, you're not enjoying it, or number two, that it's not worth your time, maybe you don't want to do it anymore. And I can talk to that personally. Katie and I have been collecting bird scooters. And um, I don't know if you guys have them up there, but they're these scooters that are electric powered. You can drive them around town. It's a great way to get from point A to point B. The idea is that it's like this um, last uh, step commute. So you may jump off a metro or a bus or something, but you still have to get to the next point. So these scooters sort of solve that problem. And one way to monetize them is to to start charging them. They will actually pay you between 5 to $20 per scooter to charge them. So personally for us, where we live, we started collecting these scooters and we made some money. We probably made about $75 off it, just randomly driving around and collecting these things. But we, what we realized very quickly is that the time that it was taking wasn't really worth it for us. And chatting to a lot of other people who lived in areas where they could walk around and get these things, is it really worth jumping in a car and collecting something for $5? You know, that was, that was a consideration we had to think about. So I would say definitely start something and figure out if you want to get involved in it and if it's worth your time. That was a wonderful example. Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, it's important to try, try different things and some things will stick and you'll really enjoy it and it'll be worth your time. And some things won't. So that's really important to take a critical look at what you're doing. Yeah. Now, we have two questions from our Facebook community called Financially Savvy Travelers. And Beatrice wants to know, what are some passive income ideas that don't require a large upfront investment? All right. I absolutely love this question because it's the age-old problem, you know, like, I want to make this money, but how do I get started? And look, ultimately, the more money you have to get started, it's going to help you a lot more. But to get to that point, you have to start somewhere. So biggest takeaway is start as early as you can. So I would say the same thing applies to passive income. Figure out what your income streams are and start as early as you can so that you can let that sort of compounding and growth effect happen. Very, very important. Compounding is super, super, super valuable concept. And I would also add that let's say you do want to start investing, but you don't have a ton of money or you don't have a ton of experience. Acorns is a really great app that it invests like little amount of money um, every day, like your spare change. And that's compounding. So that's really, really great. Do you have any other recommendations for like investment apps that you like, Dennis? You know what? I actually have, I actually love investment apps. These micro investments apps are actually a great thing. And I think, especially for millennials, it's a perfect thing to do. I say millennials, but really anyone can use them. So, some of my favorite apps, personally, I absolutely love Robinhood. I think it's a great way to sort of get involved and buy stock. And the platform has been developed really nicely and it's, it's a very fluid UI. So, that's awesome. There's also Stash Invest, which is maybe a bit more. Uh, new user friendly, you know, it sort of teaches you about index funds and they actually put a lot of emphasis on um, education and a new one. I actually interviewed the co-founders of this app called Changed um, It's or Changed. Um, it's 
actually a micro investing app. So think Acorns, but for student loans specifically. So any money that's you sort of like say I swap for four eighty five for a coffee at Starbucks, fifteen cents at the end of that is going to go towards your student loan, and you know it's such a brilliant idea. These guys have done no marketing and they they were trending on um the app, the app store and stuff like that. Brilliant idea. So I think micro investing apps can really have a major impact for you later on. Yeah, I love micro investing because I you don't have to think about it. It just happens automatically and it's growing while you sleep, while you vacation, while you go to work. You know, it's doing your work, your money's doing the work for you without you thinking about it as much. And a lot of these apps you can actually in- increase your contribution. You could say I want to add $5 every week to it or $10 to up your game as well. Yeah, and you know the thing is the most important thing with this kind of stuff is that you start as early as you can. Like you need that compounding effect to go and don't like you want to make sure that you're that person that's investing less money for a longer period because you're going to have a way higher return over a long period of time. Exactly. Now, Critty from over in the Facebook community has another question to ask, and she's asking, what has been your most successful way of making passive income to date? I would say my most successful way has been the stock market. You know, sort of just being consistent in terms of putting money away every month. And some months it's really hard, you know, but I think learning to pay myself first has definitely been the thing that's helped me the most, you know, and it, it comes down to budgeting ultimately. You have to say how much money is coming in and how much money is it going to cost me to basically just live and figuring out that, okay, do I really need this extra thing in my life versus saving the money? It's a tough decision to make, but if you can live below your means, you're going to set yourself up for such success in the future. So personally, I would say the best thing for me has been just saving money in the stock market. Um, But ultimately, I think regardless of what you're doing, any kind of passive income stream that you set up and you're looking at that long-term view, you're going to put yourself in a really good position. Definitely, definitely. Now, I wanted to know, what are some other resources that you can recommend to listeners who want to learn more about either side hustles or pursuing passive income? You know, I actually recently completed this epic post about passive income. You can check it out. It's chainofwealth.com slash passive dash income. This has literally been the biggest post I've ever made. And I think it clocks in at about 4,500 words. So it's huge. But it's very comprehensive. There's a lot of information as to what passive income is, how to build it up, you know, learning how to make your side hustles become passive income, investing your money, how to track your progress, and also just some bonus examples and strategies and stuff that I've personally used to sort of try and get ahead. I really recommend this article that you check it out, especially if you are at all interested in building up passive income streams. It's definitely something you want to look into. Yes. And I know that you're a big fan of The Millionaire Next Door. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah. So The Millionaire Next Door brings across a really, really important concept in that the millionaires are not who you think they are. Millionaires are people that live below their means and consistently save money, you know, and you may look at your neighbor and and think to them, you know, like they, they seem to be so cheap. They, you know, they're driving that old car they've been driving for the last 15, 20 years, you know, like they have no money. And what you don't realize is that they're probably better off financially than you are because they haven't been purchasing these luxury goods that they don't need. And they look for the sales and the discounts. And it's not that they're being cheap, it's that they're being frugal and they're thinking long term. And they will probably be able to retire a lot sooner than you will. And what The Millionaire Next Door does is it illustrates this example and sort of gives you a whole bunch of facts and talks to 
you need to realize that the people that are actually rich are not who you think they are. And this is why, and this is how you can become rich as well. I also really, really recommend that you check out that book. It was really eye-opening for me. Now, do you have any like favorite podcasts? I have three to recommend. I really like Freelance Friday podcast by Latasha James. She really details the life of a freelancer in terms of being like a social media manager. I also like uh, The Side Hustle Show. That's another podcast that it's one of my favorites to listen to. So they like really provide great ideas in terms of like things that you can, you know, uplevel your game or pursue different ways of making more money. Do you have any podcasts that you enjoy? Yeah. So um, one of them is actually an Alexa add-on. It's uh, by Mapped Up Money. So um, that's by Nick True. It's this daily money tip. So if you have an Alexa, definitely check that out. Um, I also really enjoy blogging. So I follow Pete from Do You Even Blog? Really oh, enjoy he's good. His show. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he has some really awesome actionable tips if you're into blogging and stuff like that. Excellent, excellent. So what's next for you and Katie over at Chain of Wealth? Well, our main target is to just crank out these student loans and really um, finish off the last of Katie's debt. And after that, we just hope to just inspire people and help them learn financial things that we've learned at our podcast, Chain of Wealth. And how will you guys celebrate? You guys have to do something special, (laughs) you know? (laughs) We haven't decided yet, but uh, it it definitely is something that's going to be on the cards very shortly. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Now, Dennis, how can everyone connect with you? Yeah. So um, you can follow us. It's at Chain of Wealth on Twitter. If you have any questions, you can also email me personally. It's Dennis at chainofwealth.com. And you can also find us on Facebook. We do have a Facebook group as well. It's chainofwealth.com slash group. 